all the radio stations in the world. We're one of them. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. seek answers to the questions that have crossed all of our minds. What happens to us when we die? Is there an afterlife? I'm a regular guy who discovered the gift of psychic mediumship in my 30s. My passion for history and the unknown have put me right here, right now. My mantra for anything paranormal is, we don't know much and anything is possible. Join me as we find our way through the stories, evidence, and experiences of the paranormal and beyond in search of answers, even if that leads to more questions. Are you with me? Hey everybody, we're here on the Paranormal Pete Show, episode 11. With special guest tonight, Linda Myers from the Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society, Team Ops. And Linda, welcome to the show tonight. Hey, Pete. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited yeah. to spend some time with you. Yeah, so we always have a fun conversation, I feel. Um, and so I've known Linda for a number of years now um, through various paranormal functions and that kind of stuff. So welcome to the show. Uh, gosh, February 9th, the year's already breezing by, I feel like, but I guess time is just relative, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this whole year has kind of done that, or I should say last year. <laughs> and, uh, sorry about that. I have, oh, I have okay. a light. It's, uh, turning itself off and on anyway. It's, yeah. It's, this, it's um, a spirit. It's a spirit doing it. <laughs> what better could we have asked for, right? Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I wanted to mention a couple of uh, things coming up. And um, the Oregon Ghost Conference, I've been uh, seeing some stuff out there on Facebook. So if you're interested in the Oregon Ghost Conference, it's at the end of March. And it's you can look them up on Facebook. Just type in Oregon Ghost Conference. Uh, give the page a like if you haven't checked it out yet. There's going to be some announcements, I think, this Sunday on Valentine's Day. So uh, they'll be giving out some treats for everybody for uh, with some information about the upcoming conference. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, and I know that uh, you and I have both attended that one and, and taught classes and did speaking and all that there. So I, I'm interested to see what they, what they come up with, uh, you know, in the, the pandemic times. <laughs> I think they're going to do um, virtual just like we did with um, for gamble. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the latest. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of what we're all having to do right now. And uh, I guess maybe it depends on what state you live in. Um, but the Port Gamble one's going to be coming up November 5th through 7th and everybody out there listening. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. Please put out some good energy, uh, that we'll be able to have an in-person conference here in Port Gamble in November. So put that out there, get the, the woo woo going out there. <laughs> All the good juju. 
Yeah, that's right. So, and I also say everybody listening out there, if you have a conference that you go to every year, uh, whether it be virtual right now or uh, in person, what, what's your favorite conference? Uh, we have a chat function on the station on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDB.com, and you can go and jump on the chat there and let us know what your uh, favorite conference is, and I'll be sure to mention it. You can also go to Let's Talk Radio on Facebook and catch the live stream. And uh, so that's on Facebook. You just type in uh, WLTKDB and you'll find the page. Make sure you give it a like if you haven't yet. That way you can know whenever we go live on the station here, which is every day. And there's lots of great shows. So spend some time on the website and... uh, you know, let us know what you think. I'm kind of watching the Facebook stream comments. So if you have something to say there and that's easier for you, uh, drop in a comment. Thanks for the likes, Molly and Katie. Um, yeah. So uh, come join us here and, and get your friends and and hop in the chat. Um, I feel like Linda's goes got really cool answers for stuff. So ask questions and I'll do my best to answer as well. <laughs> so bring it on (laughs) um so how long linda you know i'm just going to jump right into it because i've i got a lot of questions for you (laughs) so you've you've been yeah you've been involved with the paranormal research for like 30 years right yeah um right around the time I was 19 years old. I had a, an experience that um, totally changed my my mind about, you know, life, death, and a lot of other things. And so I would yeah. have to say that that was kind of like the sm- small beginning. Um, there were some things that happened. I think you and I had spoke about it. It, um, it occurred when um, my younger brother passed away. And so I kind of sat on that stuff, I would say, maybe, you know, around 10, 15 years. And then um, I ended up being in Virginia Beach. And the uh, okay. Edgar Casey Foundation is there. And next thing I knew, I'm down there and I'm talking to them about some experiences. And um, they have a testing program for people that would like to find out what their abilities are. And so that actually kind of kickstarted things again for me. <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, interesting experience. Well, so when you got tested, I mean, what did they, what kind of test can you say? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, what oh, yeah. kind of test did uh, they do? Are you familiar with the Zener cards? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So that's that, that's one of the tests. They have you um, work with another subject and they do the center cards. And right. um, very interesting because uh, usually, like my thoughts were, if you were doing center cards, you would either be a good receiver or a good sender. And interestingly enough, I was able to really do well in both. And then uh, the other thing that was really interesting for me, and it's actually something I still do today, um, especially if we're going to be doing an inv- investigation somewhere that's, you know, not like uh, we're, we're trying to clear a house or something for someone, but it's a historical place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will get pictures. Oh, and back to the test. What they do is they stick a picture of something inside an envelope and it's sealed. 
and you you sit in the room and you have your hands on it, eyes shut, whatever, and you see what kind of figures or perceptions or whatever you get from what's in the envelope. And um, I surprised myself even. I was almost 90% correct wow. with what was inside. So that, excuse me, <clears throat> haven't had my tea yet. That's actually <laughs> what... Uh, um, I still do today to, to some extent. Like if we're going to go someplace historical, I even, I even did it with uh, Walker Ames, the really beautiful place behind you, um, <laughs> just to get some impressions. And it's it's really interesting because one thing, you know, sometimes you get stuff that you perhaps didn't know. But the other thing is it really hones your abilities, I think, to be kind of like the words I use are a hollow bone. It's like I go into some place to do an investigation, then I don't want to have any preconceptions or, you know, try to uh, think right. about what I expect is going to be in there. And so one thing that I found by doing that and, you know, paying attention to impressions I got when I did some of those is, is it actually made me more open to going into a place and experiencing it's really, it's really an interesting technique. It really, it really forces you to uh, quiet your mind, and sure. and then you really learn to trust your impressions and your abilities as well. Yeah, I mean, I that's a, that's awesome. I like that you still do that. Um, I still do I, this inner card too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hey, you gotta you gotta keep practicing, right? Uh, yeah, I got to get myself a, a set of those. Um, I think that's, I mean, going back to going in and get tested, I mean, after, you know, you had a couple of experiences, well, let me back up a little bit more when you were mm -hmm. before your experience, the, uh, after your brother had passed away, would you say, I mean, were you, uh, skeptical of the afterlife or, you know, ghosts, were you skeptical or were you kind of an open skeptic? You know, where did you kind of fall on, on that? I think kind of in the skeptical, you know, kind of like show me and I'll believe it. Okay. You know, I, I want you to show me something. Uh, interestingly enough, you have to be careful when you say that. Because um, after my brother passed, um, they did show me. So <laughs> be sure that you want you want to see it if you're if you're going to say those words. <laughs> sure, sure, so yeah, the, they may totally, come through. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I was a little in the skeptical, um, mm -hmm. and when something like that happens to you, it just it, it kind of rocks your whole world. But it actually forces you to think about. How do I feel about this? You know, do I believe in death? Do I believe in there's something, you know, more on the other side? And yeah. uh, that's when that's when I think that those of us that become investigators, I think things like that is what drives us down that uh, um, track is that we do want to know more. You know, we don't want to be like guessing, um, which we actually spend a lot of time doing, really. But I mean, we want to know. Yeah, I think you're right on there. I think we all have some sort of belief or experience that we're trying to validate in ourselves by keeping the search and looking for more validation, more 
evidence of what we experienced. And so I think you're, you're right on there. Um, and it's still good. You know, I, you're a really good investigator and I think you can be skeptical uh, still, um, even though I'm sure as time goes on and the more experiences you have, it gets harder and harder, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The more things that happen to you, the the harder it is to say, I don't believe it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's the challenge is to be skeptical. Yeah. Um, I That's had a moment. Good. Yeah, exactly. And you got to have those people around you that, that question you and, you know, anything going on. Um, I had an experience um, here in Port Gamble and it wasn't like, it wasn't a ghostly experience, but it was related to that, that changed my mind about psychic work and, and psychics. And it was early on, um, I guess I've been doing this for 10 years and it was early on and I didn't really know what to think about psychic work. I'll say, you know, I just didn't, hadn't had a lot of exposure to it. Um, didn't know what to think about it. And one of the houses that I worked in here in Port Gamble, and if you're not familiar with Port Gamble, it's just a really, it's a small town, really, really little um, there's not many houses, but I used to work in the newest house here in Port Gamble, which was built in 1919 and gosh, it just turned 102, the newest house here. Um, and <laughs> we were having experiences there. Um, it seemed almost, almost on a daily basis. Um, you know, it's kind of a repeating thing where we'd hear somebody come in the front door walk around you'd go to greet somebody and there'd never be anybody there they're just gone um and so a team came out and did an investigation and two of the people there were mediums and they uh we were it was reported to us they felt that there was a boy named eddie in the house and specifically that name eddie and so we kind of adopted him and we would, you know, say, good morning, Eddie, good night, Eddie, you know, that sort of thing. And we, we took him in. <laughs> and before we had moved out of this place to a different office space, uh, this elderly woman came in and asked if I could take her around the house. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, come on in and, you know, hey, what's your story? Where are you from? And the uh, original homeowners of this place were Leo and Goldie Hammersmith. And she tells me she's Leo and Goldie's niece. And I was like, Oh, wow, this is really cool. Firsthand family knowledge. Right. And so, you know, I said, what did, what can you tell me? And she, and she was telling me a little bit about the family and that they were in the milling business too. uh, That, you know, the main part of the family, and that uh, they didn't have any kids, but they, you know, the thing to do was to spend your summer in Port Gambo with um, Uncle Leo and Aunt Goldie. And so I thought, oh, I was, well, did you come out here? And she said, no, unfortunately, I never made it out here before they moved. And so this is my first time to the house. So we're walking around the house and I'm thinking about eddie in the back of my mind here and i decided to ask her 
Uh, I said, ma'am, you know, did you have a relative named Ed or Edward? And I purposely did not say Eddie. I said, Ed or Edward. And without skipping a beat, she kind of touched my arm and said, oh, you mean Eddie? He died when he was 12 of diabetes, I think. Oh, my gosh. And I, my jaw must have hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just, I was god smacked i was just like whoa (laughs) and then she says that you know yeah and you know then she says well why are you asking me that and i said you know i I was thinking well that's a pretty fair question because how you know she's how (laughs) how do you how do you know about him and so i said well you know we have some things go that go on in the house here we can't quite explain and we had some people come investigate and check it out. And this is what they told us. And so we've kind of just taken him in. And she kind of started to tear up. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. You know, and and she just said, no, this is I'm so happy to know he's in a place he loved to come to. And it was such it was an impactful experience. And after that, I started to pay more attention to psychic work and, <laughs> you know, cause I was, I was re- pretty skeptical of it prior to that. And it was kind of one of those, you know, like you say, show me, show exactly. me. And then I'll, you know, then I'll think about it. And I mean, yeah. she didn't, she didn't skip a beat. She was just, oh, you mean Eddie? <laughs> I was just like, whoa. <laughs> so, you know, I, maybe we're lucky to, you know, to get that experience and, and I'm sure others listening out there have their experience, you know, in, in a similar fashion uh, where you're just dumbfounded and just like, wow, what? Um so, and hopefully you're lucky enough to have an experience like that because it is, it does change your, your beliefs on things. And, you know, it, like you said, uh, it changed your view on death, life, you know, kind of everything. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you after hanging out with William Becker and Seth Michael at the Oregon ghost <laughs> conference, yeah, I, I have, you know, even more of those life-changing experiences that uh, put everything else into a different perspective. <laughs> I think all that happens for a reason. You know, I think that there are people that um, end up like yourself in Port Gamble and those of us that come to the conference for a reason, you know, that there I believe that they're they're trying to communicate, and when those of us are willing to be open and listen, you know, then strap on the boots because it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so uh, we're going to be coming up on our first station break here in a minute, and All right. so I'd, I'd like to maybe um, talk about that a little bit more when we come back, but I kind of, I have a bunch of different things I want to ask you, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I also have a Valentine's day ghost story. If you want to hear that at some point, maybe we'll do that. Yes. Um, 
a little bit towards the end there. But uh, so I think, uh, let's see. Oh, I should mention, jump on the chat, you guys. WLTKDB.com. Go to the chat for the show and ask us a question or tell us about your experience. I know it's probably pretty hard, but jump on the chat. Follow the live stream on Facebook on Let's Talk Radio. We're going to go into our first station break here, 20 past the hour, with special guest Linda Myers on the Paranormal Pete Show on Let's Talk Radio. We'll see you on the flip side. WLTK DB Let's Talk Alternative Talk Radio WLTKDB.com Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTK DB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Well, they sing Let's talk radio, WLTKDB.com. We're here tonight with my special guest, Linda Myers from the Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society. And I can say that 10 times fast, I think, because I used to be on that team. So <laughs> it's a, it's a great team. Oh, you're still with us. In, in spirit, right? So to speak. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, great team. And um, later this month, I'm going to have one of your teammates, Mary Bethune, on uh, the last show of the month. And I'm really looking forward to that. Done a lot of investigating with with Mary and we've had crazy experiences of the paranormal. And so I'm looking forward to that and, and uh, you know, picking her brain on some stuff too next week. Uh, next Tuesday, I've got Nicole Strickland, host of the Afterlife Chronicles, right here on Let's Talk Radio. And so she'll be joining me next week, and I'm looking forward to talking to her about a bunch of different stuff, too. Uh, so before the break, uh, we were talking about a couple of impactful experiences that kind of changed changed things for for each of us. And like you said, you know, made you strap the boots on because here you go. <laughs> um, and yep. you you kind of touched on something, and I kind of want to get your thoughts. Uh, you said, you know, uh-huh. you, you think this stuff is meant to happen. Um, you know, you said, for example, like me coming to Port Gamble, and, and I agree with that. Um, you know, and just that w- things are meant to happen. Now, do you do you think or in your experience that – um it's always the right time when things happen do you think um it, or is it something like we just eventually get there 
to where we're supposed to be. You know, I'd almost have to say 50-50. I think based on how you grow up, um, what your environment is like, I think Mm -hmm. leads to some people being more open to the experience than others. And I think those are the ones actually that probably aren't really 100% prepared when it happens, but because they've never been, uh, you know, taught to think that um, don't have an open mind and, and, you know, be open to any kind of experiences that happen. Those are the ones I think that, um, and this is my personal beliefs that spirit gives a little rap on the head and say, look, you have work to do. Um, because, because we're open and because we're willing to talk about it. I mean, when I went to the Edgar Casey <clears throat> foundation, this is in the eighties, right? Okay. You told somebody that you were a psychic in the eighties, especially from, I mean, they're pretty open on the East coast, but back you know, on the West coast, especially little bitty Port Orchard, where I came from, you know, they're <laughs> going to look at you like you've lost your blankety blank mind woman. Yeah. Um, but like I said, um, the way I grew up, it, it, there was just never, it wasn't anything, it, was, it wasn't bad to be open about believing in spacecraft and, you know, aliens mm-hmm. and, you know, things that are outside our normal life. And so I think just from my personal experience, I really think how you grow up has, uh, has a little bit to do with if you're going to, you know, be open when it happens or if you're going to go, oh, my God, no. Yeah, exactly. And, and I grew up uh, where it wasn't taboo or anything like that. Um, you know, um, very uh, – I grew up in a very science fiction-based household. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that because it really did give me the imagination in – open mind of what else I'd have is to say most, out there. Yeah. I'd have to say the most of people that I've talked to, whenever we get into a discussion about that, you know, were you ready when it happened? And, you know, how did you feel? Most of them say the same thing, Pete. They're, they're like, you know, their parents were very open about the way things happened. You know, they, they didn't, if you had a, a wild idea about, you know, I saw a spaceship out the window, <laughs> they didn't laugh at you. They're just like, well, yeah, maybe you did. Yeah, and so yeah, I think I think it does make a difference. And then I think once one thing happens, uh, everybody I've ever talked to says when that one thing happens, there really is no turning back because it's like the switch has been turned on. Mm-hmm. You're open. Your guides and guardians and the spirits know you're open, and you know, like I said, strap the boots on because you know. <laughs> One way or another, they're going to – I think they guide us, as a matter of fact. And that's why I said I'm not surprised you're in Port Gamble. And I'm not surprised where I am today. I mean, I would not have thought that in retirement I would be, you know, head on <laughs> going head, head on to, to do paranormal <laughs> investigation and stuff. I figured, you know, in on the beaches, you know, sipping a whatever. Yeah. But, no, it's like – it's i'm so fascinated with it um i can't think of anything that i would rather do and you know having friends like yourself and mary and so many people from the conferences is just like i can't imagine 
I can't imagine doing anything else. That's awesome. And that makes me happy to hear that, you know, you feel that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I wish that for everybody that they can, you know, have the feeling of, Hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I've got some, some of that feeling, you know, here in Port Campbell as well. And, and uh, you know, I often, my wife and I will often say to the spirits as we pass the cemetery, we'll take care of you if you take care of us. <laughs> so far, they're well, doing, when we were, you know, they're doing great. <laughs> the last investigation that we did and you were, you were somewhere else and Mary and I and a couple others were sitting there and uh, I can't remember if it was a Estes. I think it might have been the Estes technique, but all we heard was Pete, Pete, Pete. <laughs> so, like I said, I think you're in the right place. But one thing I wanted to to say real quickly too, though, for the gay, the you know, the people that are out there listening, um, talk to somebody if you have the, you know, if these things happening. You know, don't don't keep it inside. Don't you know? Don't be afraid, and you know. These shows are an excellent opportunity and, and a way to, to learn new things, but the the conferences are excellent way, you know, to talk to people about your experiences. And, you know, there, there's so many teams in our local area that if you have a question and, you know, you're a little bit worried about things that are going on, by all means, talk to somebody, because I think that's the thing that helped me the most. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, taking that first step of, of talking to somebody, contacting somebody to ask questions is probably one of the toughest, um, especially if you're a skeptical person really questioning what you, what you experienced, um, you know. But like Linda said, the, the conferences, I, I agree. Um, I feel like I wouldn't have um, the drive and the passion and be where I'm at today. If it wasn't for meeting other people with, you know, who's had similar experiences and then having experiences with other people and knowing at least in some way or in some group of people, I'm, you know, I'm not the crazy one. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're in good company. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and very blessed, very blessed and lucky to be. Um, and so I think you're right. That you, that's great advice to try and reach out, but do it when you're ready and, yeah. you know, take that first step and it could be, it could be tricky. Well, we've got a question through yeah. the Facebook stream. Uh, we'll touch on here. Uh, Catherine, thanks for putting a question up there. She said, have you visited Manresa Castle? in Port Townsend. If you have, what were your experiences there? So Linda, did you, you've been there. More than once. Um, <laughs> several, several times I've actually heard things. Um, one of the, I like to use the equipment and, and, and we've gotten some good stuff with the equipment, but one of the things, one of my favorite things to do in Man Resta Castle is just to go upstairs, like I told you earlier, about just being really quiet and getting, you know, kind of centered and stuff. And um, there's a grumpy old guy upstairs that I love to go up there because more than once he's told me 
um, I probably shouldn't say this over the radio, but a bad word. And then one time he told me, get out. And yeah, so I've had quite a few experiences. Um, we've gotten some really good EVPs. And like I said, when we were doing an, an Estes um, experiment with Mary, then uh, we kept getting Pete, Pete. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens in there. Crazy. I've been to Manresa Castle uh, a few times uh, myself and never really investigated. Um, sort of did uh, one time uh, when a good friend Randy had us all out to the Manresa Castle and and got to go in some places that I hadn't been to in in the hotel there. Um, and it was, uh, I didn't, you know, I can't say that I really experienced anything, but I wasn't really looking that hard, I guess. Um, except for in the ladies room downstairs in the, the main floor off of the lobby that, you know, like there's like the, the main restrooms that were out, used to be outside the restaurant, um, in the ladies room there, just, you could feel this heavy energy in there. And so I went in there with a couple of other people. And of course we knocked first. (laughs) We weren't being creeps. We (laughs) knocked, we knocked and then went in. Um, And it felt like that there was this woman. uh, And this was my experience. And each of us kind of had our own little perception about what it was. Mine was that in, in, a mature lady who was uh, seemed like she had come from money, but was divorced and just kind of had this, I don't know, judgy kind of pose, how she was standing and kind of like, uh, you're not good enough to be here. You're not, um, you know, you're, you don't have enough money to be here sort of thing attitude. And, um, and then when she left the room, there was, you could feel, I felt like a gust of air, you know, kind of go right past us. And so that was my, my only experience up in the attic. When I went up there, I kind of felt like I was seeing things psychically um, kind of off, you know, it was always off to the side and just small things, kind of the roof kind of in the attic that can't, it, it angles down kind of towards the edges And then there's like those, you know, short rafters or short boards that come up kind of like a pony wall. And I kept felt like I was seeing things running around back in there, but no way to prove it. So, you know, I can't really tell what I did. Now, Catherine did comment back and say she had an experience there and that it was a woman's voice. There was a couple of things I just happened to remember, too. Um, we were in the the room below the, the attic. It's supposed to be the room where the monk or somebody hangs out. And there were about 10 of us in there. And we were doing the SB7. And we were just kind of saying, anybody here? You know, we're waiting for somebody to talk through the SB7 sphere box. Mm-hmm. And... The, it got really cold, and somebody mentioned something about the, a cold breeze, and the next thing you know, the heat kicks on. And then, so we're, we're kind of like, okay, this is kind of different. Well, 
that that went on for about 15 minutes. It would, we didn't hear anything and we didn't hear anything. And then, so I always like to close out a, a session with thanking whoever showed up for us. Mm-hmm. And Claire Isabel, you can hear over the SBS. Well, you're welcome. Everybody in the room heard it. It was probably the best. EV, I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> and then the other thing, there's, there's a, a breakfast room there at Manresa. And there were several of us sitting down there just kind of talking about some of the things that had been going on. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and there's a flight of steps that go out of the breakfast room up towards the check-in. And I saw what I thought were like footsteps going up the stairs. So I told my friend Anita, I said, quick, take a picture. There's something in the stairwell. So she took a picture. And sure enough, when we looked at them later, you should actually see these little steps going up into the um, hallway. Oh, Those that's things cool. were just, yeah, you, you, you can't debunk that one when it's right in front of your face. <laughs> and, it was and amazing. Guys, yeah, that's really cool that you, ex- you experienced it as it was happening and were able to, yeah. in a way, and we physic- got a physically, yeah, physically get something too. So that's a really cool experience. I like that. And then, uh, Catherine also oh. added um, that she's hearing uh, that it was humming twinkle, twinkle, little star <laughs> and multiple times oh, as cool. she was falling asleep. And then she kind of sang back. And soon after that, the blankets were pulled very tight across the bo- her body. Well, I wouldn't huh. like that, but she's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, great experience, Linda. That's really cool. And we've got another question that came through the station chat. And thanks for submitting that, uh, WLTKDB.com. And so it says, what types of events are most common to spark what Linda was referring to? Uh, for For me, it was after a death of a fiance. For my fiance, it was a major stroke. What types of events, you know, typically spark that, you know, um, do you think, I'm not sure if she's asking if it's, if it's like a, what kind of how you died maybe, or what types of events do you think? I'm thinking maybe what she's talking about, maybe not so much tragic, but something that's so impactful you know, it right. could be a crisis, not necessarily associated with the death. It could be um, a severe illness. Mm-hmm. It could just be. Um, I've actually talked to a couple people where it was just it just happened to them. There was there wasn't yeah. an experience that really, you know, brought it on. But I would have to say for myself, you know, it was it was uh, the death of my brother. Um, I've talked to a few people, a good friend of mine who's a a, a psychic um, had cancer and uh, decided that she wasn't going to do the the treatments like the the cancer thing. She was going to go on, you know, in this spiritual guided journey or whatever to heal herself. And the next thing that she knows, she's healed and she's also a psychic. So um, I, I, I guess that. My answer there, I guess, is that uh, I don't have a good answer. Uh, yeah, I think that no, that works great. <laughs> we, you know, who, we, we don't really know. Uh, yeah. 
but you know, kind of a lot of what you were speaking about there to me as you're as you're talking about it is almost like it's an external thing that happens, and 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 it's how it impacts you and how it can change things, um, you know, like from an external source. And I think there's also um, things that happen within us that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody it's uh, something happened to somebody else, but, you know, happening to us um, where, you know, you go through something traumatic or high stress, um, or I even think, you know, an experience that's uh, on the other end, uh, super positive, like the most amazing experience you've ever experienced. And if you, you know, don't, realize you have psychic abilities, which I think everybody does to an extent, um, kind of like, think, you know, kind of like with, um, you know, a poltergeist activity, it's, it's, you're psychically having a fit and your, your own energy is, is manipulating the environment around you. So I, I don't think it necessarily takes somebody else or something external to spark that. It could also be within yourself too. So if you go through something traumatic yourself or, you know, something very stressful, I guess traumatic is, you know, if it's that stressful, it's going to be traumatic, but that, you know, your psychic ability could throw a fit and connect you with <laughs> your guides or whatever, you know, connect you with what's out there. So no, that, that, that was great. And thanks for the, for the question on that. Um, really appreciate that. I love getting into those, those deep little deep thoughts, <laughs> deep yeah. thoughts with Jack Handy. <laughs> um, well, you so, know, I kind of think too, sometimes there are some people that are just, that are just what some, I think sometimes like somebody's born to be a doctor, somebody's born to be a lawyer, somebody's born to be a psychic. Yeah. I think it's, that's a possibility. Yeah, and so I mean, do you think that ties in with reincarnation? Yes, I do. Yeah, I I was wondering because that that's kind of what I would think too, or the over are you know the overlaying arc of a soul. Um, you know, you're born to be a doctor, maybe in some other form, some other time, you were a doctor. And, um, or you found the you know, importance some, of being a doctor. Yeah. Another thought too, and I could speak to this for my personal self is that my grandmother and my mother both have abilities. So sometimes I think it's a family thing. Right. And yeah. And I think that I, I don't know what actual evidence or if any studies have been done on that. I'm sure there have. Um, if anybody knows of one, comment it or um, send it to us through the station chat, um, you know, studies on whether or not it is hereditary, because I think that would probably have something to do with it. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. From what I understand, some people back in, in my family as well were, um, were you know, had the gift, had the, had the vision. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it might be hereditary, but I think everybody in some ways got it. It's just a matter of using it and recognizing it. Um, and once you recognize it, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta train with it, you know, get in shape with it and it never ends, (laughs) right? It never ends. (laughs) It's a work in progress. Always. And, you know, since you were tested, um, you know, back then and, and since then, have your through your journey and experience, have you found that um, your abilities, ha- they change or evolve into different things? Or do you kind of rely on kind of the same stuff you did back then? No, I would have to say definitely change. And since I started hanging out with the more paranormal people, you know, doing more of the investigations and conferences, it's actually um, increased. Some, you know, more things are happening to me. I'm hearing more things. Um, don't laugh. I'm seeing more things. So I, I <laughs> sorry, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I but mean, you know, there. It's something I do every day, and I think that makes a difference. If you are, if you're spending your time working on your skills, then I think they, you know, they get better. If you just um, kind of play at it and you know do them once in a while, then probably not. Right. Yeah, and it does take take some work, and you know, I'll be honest. You know, I've uh, adulting sucks, <laughs> and sometimes it's it's hard to yeah. Sometimes it, you know, it's hard to to keep that up, you know, when you got, you know, a day job and all that stuff. So it it is hard. What are some things that you do um, each day that you could share for somebody out there who's looking to, you know, try and start working on it? Well, my favorite thing to do is meditate um, because like I was talking about when doing investigations, you know, getting quiet and centered, I think is really important. Because that's when you can open up to either, you know, hear, see, or whatever. Um, practice with the center cards. They're, they're pretty easy to get a hold of. And um, if you want to try this, it's really kind of fun. Get yourself a little yellow envelope and stick some kind of a picture in it. Uh, don't, you know, take, take the page that you're not looking at and put it down so you don't see what's on it. And then, you know, practice practice with that that um that one's worked really well for me mm-hmm. um like i said i really like the zenner cards uh but i would have to say probably the meditation is the best tool for me because it gets me into a place where i can be open sure and would you consider when you get to a place of being open that you're in the present is that oh yeah you know, that's kind of how i look at it is is being in the present yeah. yeah 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 um i wish i could remember this one saying that someone had told me um it's it's be here now it's like be in the moment don't get distracted by the cars driving by the radio or the tv mm-hmm. focus on being here right now and that's the key, I think, you know, to opening yourself up to being, to being able to listen and sometimes feel and see. I, I just think it's really key. Uh, yeah. There's some basic equipment, you know, that you can use. Uh, 
that's actually how, honestly, how I started out with the the paranormal stuff was actually equipment because my son, who lived in Las Vegas at the time, had uh, Las Vegas Desert Paranormal, and he's the one that got me messing around with all the equipment type stuff. But um, I still <laughs> use equipment, and there's a few pieces that I really like. But I have to say, probably seventy five percent of what I really do in investigation is more me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's so so important to really get in touch with yourself, understand yeah. understand how you feel during an investigation, you know, understand why you're there. Um, uh, intention is really important as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Anytime you do an investigation, you need to go there with good intention. Um, yes. And I think that, yeah, I think doing I think doing the work on yourself is what makes a good investigator. Yeah, exactly. And I love the point of setting, you know, going in with good intentions. Last week on the show, I was doing uh, like DIY investigation in your own home uh, without spending much money. And and I talked a lot about going it, doing it with respect. And how would you treat somebody you don't know? If they were living, would you just walk up to them and start being like, come at me, bro, you know, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Or would you approach somebody with with a little bit more respect? And so that's a great point to make, you know, setting the good, setting those good intentions. Back to the meditation part. So mm-hmm. I've always had a hard time with, quote unquote, meditation. Um, you know, and I never really studied it that much and tried it here and there. And so I, for those of you out there who have, you know, your brains are clicking a million miles an hour all the time. Um, especially if you've got a fast paced life, you know, it's going to be hard to calm your brain down. Um, is there some certain techniques that you, well, one, I think everybody has a hard time at first with meditation, but is there any techniques that you would kind of use? Is there anything you would use to help you get started with, um, you know, being in the present and being quiet and open? Well, there's a, a for, for the people that you're talking about where their brains are going a hundred miles an hour and they have a hard time. Um, one of the first meditations that I learned, I, I spent a week in um, a, Buddha, a Buddhist retreat, and I was one of those people that couldn't sit there quietly, like fidgety, you know, and so um, the, the, I can't remember what he's called. Anyway, uh, he, he had me do walking meditation. What I found out about the walking meditation that actually helped me later on was that you have to focus on walking. You can't be like, you know, playing cards and whatever. If you're walking somewhere, you need to be paying attention to what you're doing. And right. the walking meditation kind of focused it, it. The walking meditation kind of focuses you or, or forces you, I should say, mm-hmm. to focus on what you're doing. And so as you, as you're doing that, then what they call the empty mind, you just kind of try to let everything else that's there and just focus on, on the walking and experiencing the walk. Mm -hmm. And so that actually helped me 
get to where, you know, now I can sit someplace. I don't like to um, sit in the weird yoga thingies. That doesn't work <laughs> for me. And I don't lay down because I might be prone to take a nap. Um, so I find a <laughs> comfortable <too>. chair, <laughs> kind of like what I'm sitting in right here. Yeah. And I just kind of put my hands, I don't know if you can see this, I just put my hands open and mm -hmm. I just kind of say, you know, let's be still. And I imagine my feet having roots. And so okay. I, I imagine the roots in my feet going all the way down into the earth. And mm -hmm. I imagine myself getting quiet and still and peaceful. You're getting it. I can see you. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it just it brings it. You know, if anybody ever, if you're like a nature person, Connecting with Mother Earth, I think, is like one of the most amazing tools for getting yourself calm and quiet and centered if you want to be going someplace that's a little crazy to do an investigation because you can connect, you know, on that spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And so by bringing in, you know, the good nature and calmness and all that stuff, you can um, go into this place that you're going to investigate in a more peaceful place with a good intent and then yeah. it, i think that leads to you being more open to listen and feel or whatever's going to happen yeah uh, i love the the nature part there um i mean anybody listening out there when you get out into the forest or get out on some trails do you consciously notice that you feel better do you consciously notice that whatever was bothering you is, is not bothering you as much, or maybe it's gone. And I think you're right on, you know, if, if you have the luxury of being able to get to trails or, or you know, get out in nature, um, that's another way. I really love the walking meditation. Um, I may have to try that. I have, I have different ways that I do it. Um, but it totally makes sense because then you start focusing on your breathing at some point while you're focusing on your walking. Right. And then you're hearing Absolutely. your breathing and focusing on it. And that's a great tip for, uh, people with fast paced, crazy minds. <laughs> and, and our, our, our friend here, Michael White says, yes, that's why I walk at least five miles a day. And Hey, Mike. Yeah. It, thanks for commenting, Michael. Um, yeah, you're a trooper on the walks. Um, so I may have to try that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I, uh, I used to be in, um, going to really sound like a nerd here, but I used to be in drum corps international and did, you know, marching band and all that kind of stuff. And, and I guess I kind of got some of that when we would run in the mornings and we would all be breathing in sync to account, you know, and all breathing at the same pace and holding and, and, and releasing. And, and so I, I'm going to, I'm going to try the walking meditation. That's a really great tip. And I think, uh, uh, I hope somebody out there will, will try it out. Um, I, I do, I guess I approach it a little differently of, I, tr I start with being in the present um, no matter what's going on in my mind and like, you know, where you kind of step out and, and look at yourself, what are you wearing? How are you sitting? What does, what's behind you, you know, and just have that visual construct. And I kind of start 
there and then do I go somewhere else? Where are my thoughts taking me? You know, am I going to a city? Am I going to a forest? A lot of times it's like Grand Canyon area for me, Red Rock, you know, areas. And I, I'm not sure why yet, but someday I think I'll learn. Um, but it's, you know, do I go to a place? Then once I get there, what are the details? And, you know, doing like the hyper-focus thing where you're you're just niching down on all the details that you can. And, and I like the... Um, well, and by doing that, you know, you eventually, you know, you get to the spot where then everything else just is gone from your mind and you're, you're in the present and, and then you can be open. So hyper-focus, you know, if you think of it like that, that may work for you too. Um, but so meditation, you know, is a great thing. And um, I love that that's, you still do this all the time. Um as far as your psychic work that you do when you go to a place, let's say, um, you know, you've done your grounding and centering, your, you know, your quite, you're in your quiet mode. <laughs> you're, uh, is it, is it kind of like an absorbing mode too? You're kind of absorbing. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to, yeah, that's a good way to, to explain it. Yeah. Just taking yeah. it in. Feel, so, feeling. Feeling the environment. Yeah. Does, do you think that the, how do I word this? Do you think that the um, differences between locations, whatever the environmental factors are of where you're investigating, do you think that that boosts or limits certain abilities that you have? Like, do you find, have you ever found certain places you see a lot of stuff other places you only hear a lot of stuff or another place you feel you know your empath mostly i mean do you or is it just kind of all the same pretty much anywhere you go or do you notice a difference between environmental um, parameters yeah absolutely um i don't think any one place is the same Right. In my experience, every time I've gone anywhere, um, th- there's always something different about it. Like, like you said, one place I might hear, and you know, one place I might actually see. Uh, so, yeah, I, um, I've never, I've never gone to any place actually where I've had everything happen at once. Yet, okay. <laughs> I, I say yet. <laughs> That's almost too much. Watch what I say. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, be careful because yeah, now you're it, now yeah. you're going to have that experience. <laughs> That's now you're they, gonna, they listen. Yeah, now now you're going to have that experience for sure. Um, it, yeah, I I wouldn't want to do it all at once either. Jeez. Um, yeah, I you know I've noticed um, you know and maybe you know I'll ask you if a place that you have investigated a lot do you have um is it harder for your psychic abilities and we're going to take a top of the hour station break here on wltkadb.com let's talk radio when we come back let's let's dive into to that a little bit more linda uh you're here with paranormal pete i'm your host pete Pete orbea with special guest linda myers from the olympic peninsula paranormal society on let's talk radio we'll see you on the flip side 
WLTK DB Let's Talk Alternative Talk Radio WLTKDB.com their case. I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. Tomorrow, House managers will begin to use their 16 hours of a lot of time to argue that former President Trump incited the deadly riot at the Capitol January 6th. Lead House manager Jamie Raskin said this afternoon, the Senate must take action. Otherwise, any outgoing president can do whatever they want without consequences. It's an invitation to the president to take his best shot at anything he may want to do on his way out the door, including using violent means to lock that door, to hang on to the Oval Office at all costs. Trump attorney David Schoen. They say you need this trial before the nation can heal, that the nation cannot heal without it. I say... Our nation cannot possibly heal with it. Senate voted 56 to 44 to proceed with the trial after Trump's lawyers had said it was unconstitutional. One house, once House managers make their case, Trump's defense team will also have two days to give their side. Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy, one of the six Republicans who voted with Democrats, in a statement he said the House managers had a better argument. The State Department said the jury is still out on whether China has been fully transparent on the COVID-19 pandemic after a report from the World Health Organization gave its report on the origins of the virus. The delegation, which did not include American scientists, said at a press briefing in Wuhan, coronavirus is extremely unlikely to have leaked from a Chinese lab and most likely jumped to humans from an animal outside the lab. Fox's Jennifer Griffin, State Department spokesman Ned Price, says the U.S. is looking forward to seeing the full report and would make an assessment based on science and data. One person has died from their injuries after a gunman opened fire at a medical clinic in Buffalo, Minnesota. America is listening to Fox News. If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you that running a business is tough. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Schedule your free product tour right now at NetSuite.com slash Fox. NetSuite.com slash Fox. People in Burma defying a ban on protests after last week's coup. Gunshots have been heard in Burma's capital, Yangon, reportedly fired into the air by police in an effort to encourage protesters to go home. It's been another day of rallies against a military takeover launched last week. The army banned protests yesterday, but crowds still turned out. Police fired rubber bullets and water cannons. President Biden has warned the army against a violent crackdown. Simon Owen, Fox News. The U.S. is sending a not-so-subtle message to China in the form of battleships. For the first time in six months, two U.S. Navy aircraft carriers joined forces in the South China Sea in a show of force to Beijing. USS Nimitz joined Theodore Roosevelt Tuesday, according to the Navy's 7th Fleet. After leaving the Middle East, Nimitz is on her way home in a deployment stretching 10 months. Monday, the amphibious assault ship Macon Island sailed into the Persian Gulf with over a 1,000 Marines and 5th generation stealth fighter jets aboard. This as the Air Force prepares to send supersonic B-1 bombers to Norway in the coming days for the first time. At the Pentagon, Lucas Tomlinson, 
Fox News. She was one of the original members of the Supremes. Mary Wilson has died at her home in Las Vegas. Wilson, along with Diana Ross and Florence Ballard and later Cindy Birdsong, helped establish the Motown sound in the early 60s, scoring 12 number one hits and staying with the group until it disbanded until in 1977. Motown founder Barry Gordy said he was extremely shocked and saddened to learn of Wilson's passing. Diana Ross, in a tweet, offered her condolences to Wilson's family, saying she has many wonderful memories of their time together. I'm Lee Silicera, and this is Fox News. Others say it. We prove it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Well, they say. Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host, Pete Orbea. Five after the second hour of the show. Those of you on the East Coast, getting pretty late. Hope we're giving you some good things to think about, not nightmares before going to sleep, right? <laughs> but welcome back to the show with my special guest, Linda Myers from the Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society. And real quick, shameless self-promotion here. Uh, if you like the theme music for the show, it's my band, Steady Rock Cosmonaut. And the song's called Magic. But we've got uh, our first album out there. You can look us up on Spotify, add it to your playlist, Steady Rock Cosmonaut. Or you can go to SteadyRockCosmonaut.com check it out. Um, so before the break, I kind of asked a question and, and left it there. Um, and so we're talking about, you know, psychic abilities between different locations and kind of how it works for you. Um, and so my question was, do your abilities feel limited or um, diminished in a place that you investigate a lot? I don't know if it would be diminished, but I think sometimes you have an expectation. And I think when you have an expectation that... Um, something is going to happen, then you kind of close yourself off. Right. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, and I feel that way about the Walker Ames house here in Port Campbell, because I've been in there so much and I, I have experiences in there and a lot of times it's, you know, disembodied voice or disembodied sounds, footsteps, you know, doors things like that but psychically i've just kind of noticed and that and that's why i was asking you if you get the same thing it's i have a harder time i can tell if some someone or something or at least some energy is is somewhere or if it's moving but i can't always tell you if i think it's a male female child adult you know unless i see something physically and so I've just noticed that over the years, it gets it gets harder and harder. And I think you hit it right on the head. It's it's an expectation because of all the experiences. And it's kind of like, you know, well, wait, did, did I think of that before? Did I hear somebody talk about that before here? Am I imagining that? You know, you really start to question yourself. But then when, you know, uh, for me, when I go, you know, somewhere else, I go, you know, somewhere else out of Port Gamble, it's everything's pretty vivid. 
and you know comes through really really strong so I was just kind of curious, uh, but I think the expectation point is uh, that kind of hits that right on the head. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to get too much farther and without, uh, I want to make sure and mention uh, and say thank you for your service um, as you're a veteran. Oh, did I yeah, lose thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was, that was an Interesting, uh, interesting being in the military, thinking the way I thought. And for the <laughs> longest time, I wouldn't talk to anybody um, related with work. I, you know, I didn't tell them anything that went on outside my normal duty hours. Um, but what was really interesting, what was really interesting me, to me later on, um, I would find people coming over to my office wanting to talk about that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sitting there in my uniform and there's all this military stuff going on. And, well, what do you feel about this? <laughs> so um, an interesting thing happened. Uh, this is probably about two years before I retired. Okay. I was sitting at my desk and uh, this is over, um, I, guess, I guess it's okay to say this, McCord Air Force Base. And um, we were having to let contractors onto the active flight line to do some stuff. Okay. So our office had the keys to open the gates, right? Mm-hmm. So my phone rings. I take the phone call. A guy wants to get let in to the base, into to the construction area. So I leave my desk. I go outside. I open the gate up and let the guy in. And I close the gate and then I'm heading back to my office and here comes my boss and he's like do you have the keys for the gate and I'm like yeah I just let somebody you know into the active area and he goes I don't know how that can be I just got the phone call and so it was interesting in my office for huh. a couple of days so what do you th- yeah, what do you think we happened? still haven't I think I just picked up on it before it was supposed to happen. And that happens to me a lot. Like, um, I could tell you probably 75% or more of the phone calls that come through here at my house. I know who it is before, you know, before I talk to them. Um, (laughs) A lot of times when I'm talking to people that I'm close to, I know what they're going to say and how, you know, what they're going to say. So, all I can, the only way I can, you know, figure that one out is that somehow, some way, you know, I picked up on it before it was supposed to happen. It did kind of change the relationship with two of the people I worked with. Um, mm-hmm. They had, all of a sudden now had all kinds of questions about how did I do that? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So kind of, you know, some premonition type ability there as well that's yeah yeah now yeah. when you when you said that's oh go ahead linda go ahead i was gonna say when you were talking about um, what's sit, interesting sit, oh go ahead <laughs> <laughs> go ahead I'm worried, I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i was just gonna say what's interesting because for me most of the premonition stuff I have is in the dream time, not in daylight. Oh, okay. And you remember it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. 
Um, so when you were talking about, you know, sitting in your office, you're in your uniform and people start asking you questions about stuff that you really didn't talk about, was that before that incident? And I mean, it seems like people maybe just felt they could come to you and talk to you about this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you just- it was actually, it was, it was before the incident. I'm like some kind of a magnet or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just, it must be what your energy puts out there. People feel comfortable in talking to you. And that goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of the show to, you know, reach out and talk to somebody about your experiences. Uh, So we got a comment from Molly and uh, for Linda here. In your experience of knowing into the future, how far in advance has it been for you? Just moments or weeks or longer? Um, I'll just talk about most recently. And like I was um, explaining, generally it's for me in the dream time. It's, you know, not, it doesn't happen in, mm-hmm. in the daytime. But about three weeks ago, I was dreaming about all these birds traveling along and there was this sense of despair and on 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 the side of the road some of them were dying and i think it was three or four days later i got i get the paper every day i just you know i I like to read Mm -hmm. um right on the front page it was talking about all the birds that are dying right now from salmonella and wow I don't think that, you know, right off the top of my head, I can't think of any like long-term ones. I have, I have one dream that stuck with me. I'm going to say probably 20 years. And I almost feel like what's going on in the world right now is tied into that dream. So I kind of think you can have long-term ones. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, I don't normally see them right away. I would say this one that I had about the birds is probably the quickest one, you know, that I can remember where it happened, like, you know, only a couple of days after I, you know, dreamed about it. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I would guess it probably just varies depending on its importance, you know, and I think, yeah, in priority. Now, yeah. do you think... Um, in these dreams, do you feel it's information that you're receiving from like a spirit guide or somewhere else? Or what makes you know that it's something more than just your, just a regular dream? Oh, did I lose you there? Huh? Did you oh, lose thought, me? No, no, I thought I lost you. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> asked the stump. How do you, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I believe, I believe that there are guides and guardians and ancestors, you know, that are on the other side that work with us. I think they work with us in the dream time and in the daytime, both. And so I think when this stuff comes through for me, um, it's some kind of connection to the, 
I can I, like the all knowing. I mean, I'm one of those people that believes that that is everything's happening simultaneously. You know, that we don't think like in the past and the present, but it, it like we're in this multi multiverse where everything is mm-hmm. happening. And mm-hmm. I think what happens is that when you have these premonitions that you somehow tap into, you know, like for a past life, it obviously we'd be in the past and for pre- uh, premonition, it would be something that at, we perceive as time happens in the future. So I think that, I think that, when we have, they call them helpers, I guess, and and there's some other names that are on the other side that are like in touch, you know, with that. And that when right. you open yourself up to, to believing in that that stuff, then then you get the information. Uh, did that make sense? That it makes sense to me. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense, and and it's it's probably really hard to know. Do you ever, um, like, do you ever write stuff down, um, you know, when it happens or like when you wake up, um, you know, last week I was talking a lot about keeping a log, you know, uh, of stuff. I mean, do you tend to write those dreams down so you can refer back to it later? If I could swing you around, I won't, but there's probably 12 or 13 journals in my bookcase. Awesome. I write them all down. And the reason I write, I'm a real firm believer in, you know, writing this stuff down because, um, and this kind of goes back to when the, the question she asked about um, the, the premonitions, you know, how far out. I've noticed that sometimes, and it's maybe not a premonition, but um, I will have dreamt or um, I do what they call journeys. And, you know, I'll get some information and I'll make sure I write it down. And, and uh, I can go back sometimes and think, oh, my gosh, I dreamt about that. And it's exactly the same situation nice. I was thinking. So it, 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 I would say that if you're going to be a paranormal investigator, and, and this is good, too, um, for, for when you're doing investigations, journal. If you had like if you're if you're a dreamer like me. Mm-hmm. You know, wake up and write a few notes so that you remember that stuff, because almost always there's something in that dream, you know, that's going to be important. You know, maybe not that day, maybe a week later or or like the thing with the bird, you know, then um, it, it makes me more uh, it makes me pay attention more. It makes me be more aware of what's going on. So I think journaling yeah. is really important. And the reason yeah. I. And the reason I mentioned with investigations, too, is I always try to have a pad and paper with me where I can write down impressions so that, you know, if you get to talking with somebody, you know, you might forget, like, oh, in this room, I felt that. So mm-hmm. I think it's real important to write stuff down. So here's and a I'm really... with you. Journals. Yes. Yeah. 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 It... It's it's hard to do, but it is really helpful. And I have a really serious question with all the notes you're taking. How good's your handwriting in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. That's why I said only write one or two words. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I usually end up laughing after a while if I'm trying to write in the dark because my handwriting's hard to read when I write in the light. So... You know, yeah. 
it's hieroglyphics or some other language, you know, when you read it after you turn the lights on. <laughs> well, uh, getting more into the investigation side of things, um, you mentioned uh, PSB 7, you know, Ghost Box and mm-hmm. um, some different things. What is, um, what's your favorite piece of tech to use on an investigation? My new favorite piece? <laughs> I, sure. I, I, uh, purchased, <laughs> I, I purchased an, an SLS camera, um, and I don't know if you all are familiar with it. It's a regular camera, camera, but it also has, um, oh, I'm going to forget the word, dang it, where you can see what looks like stick figures. They used to, ha- they used to use it for gaming, and now they've oh. actually hooked it up to your cameras. Uh, matrixing? So, matrixing? Yeah. Something like yeah, that. I yeah, I can't. Right. Um, I, I'm over 70, so some other words leave. <laughs> anyway, uh, what happens is it, it uh, you take you take it in where you're investigating, and it, it will try to pick up things, and you have to be careful what you're aiming it at because sometimes I I actually aimed it at a bookshelf one time and it gave me the stick figure. So something in the bookshelf made it think it was a stick figure, but then um, a lot, a lot of investigations, I shouldn't say a lot. I've only probably done about five, but in every single one of them where we found um, a, a figure show up, there was nothing there that the camera could have picked up to, you know, to, to matrix that unless mm-hmm. there was actually something there. I've actually had it happen in my own house and mm. which was a little spooky initially, but uh, <laughs> we've came to, we've come to terms with each other. So, and right. then I think probably the other, the other thing would be the, the SBS seven. And the reason I like that is because, you know, you can go back and you can spend your time when you download your stuff in uh, on your computer and, mm-hmm. you know, look for things that you didn't hear, you know, that and recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, I enjoy using the ghost box. It's one of those things that people either love it or they hate it. I don't know that there's really a lot of middle ground, <laughs> but I think it's interesting yeah. and, and fun. Um, and other than that, I mean, um, you know, when you investigate, how many audio recorders do you set out or you just go with one or do you have a couple that you put out? I have two. I've got a, an Olympus and I really like the Olympus because it's small and then it's got the USB, you know, so you can plug right into your computer. And um, actually, I I think that's the one I use the most. And I will use a K2 meter occasionally. Um, It just kind of, honestly, what what, what I do is just I kind of get a feel for, you know, the room. Mm-hmm. So I don't go there with an intention as far as what I'm going to use. I just it just kind of happens. Yeah, if so that you, makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You're kind of, uh, you know, you're you're intuitive anyway. So you're kind of investigating intuitively of knowing once you're there, once you're you know in your absorbing mode, you kind of. I mean, it sounds like you just kind of feel out what's needed and where to place it. 
Well, yeah. And, you know, and I think most of the paranormal investigators that you talk to are going to tell you that the best tool is yourself. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I talk to people that are wanting to get involved with, you know, doing investigation, the first thing I tell them is don't go out and spend a lot of money because I did that, you know, and I've probably got several hundred dollars worth of equipment that I have not even used in the last two years. It always kind of seems like the, you know, the SBS seven and the K meet, the mail meter and the K two meter. And now the SLS are kind of the ones that I, you know, um, I go to, I, I don't think you need a lot of, I don't think you need to have a whole bunch of equipment. If you're, if you're going to go into an investigation and you're going to have an experience, you're going to have it no matter what you have. (laughs) Right. I think. (laughs) Well, like you said, the old, uh, connection to the other side wraps you on top of the head. Boom, boom. (laughs) It's going to happen either way. (laughs) That's great. Um, so now you've mentioned the Estes method. And mm-hmm. at the at at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference this last year, we did a virtual ghost conference. And uh Linda was kind enough to come out and help with an investigation uh with with uh some of her teammates, and we investigated the Port Gamble Theater building. And I you the uh, SLS camera, your your rig that you had set up there. Uh, I know there were some strange things going on with it there. And I think one of the best instances of that was, I think when something you were pointing it, I think towards the stage and there was, you were getting, you know, a, a figure up there. And I thought that was pretty interesting because there's not really much, you know, it's not not like a bookshelf where there's a lot of repeating lines that could create, you know, a figure. And so I, I, I just want to throw that out there. I thought that was that was pretty interesting because I don't have much experience with that sort of rig. And I think it's great that you're trying it and testing it and, you know, and trying to use it. And then um, so then we did a ghost box session and we did the Estes method. Talk about that a little bit. Um, Ashley, hopefully, uh, you and Mary talk about that when, uh, you have her on, cause she's kind of like our resident expert on that. Um, <laughs> what you do is you wear, yeah, uh, lady amazes me. You wear something, a blindfold, and then you have the SBS seven and any, I'm having a problem talking here. Hang on just a sec. Mm-hmm. You, you have to do, you have to have more than one person, obviously. It takes, takes the, the person that's asking the questions and then you have the person that has the um, headsets on, the blindfold, and then is listening to the SBS 7. And so this was when we were downstairs in the hallway, if I remember right, correct? Weren't there we downstairs? Was, well, we, we, I don't know that we did an Estes method downstairs. Upstairs, we did um, in the okay. in the in the theater. Tender. But yeah, but I think it's it's an interesting thing to tr- it's it's becoming more popular. I feel like, um, but I think it, it, I believe it originated at the Stanley Hotel with researchers there um, trying trying an experiment, and it's an interesting experiment. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up. 
Uh, it's Estes Method, and it's spelled like Estes Park, Colorado, where the Stanley Hotel is, E-S-T-E-S. And so you put, like Linda was saying, you, uh, you know, and that was my first time seeing it happen uh, when, when you guys did it at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference uh, this last November. And so you wear a blindfold, and you wear, and then you put your headphones in from the ghost box you know no, like noise canceling. yeah and then you have oh it oh she actually had noise canceling headphones okay i thought she had earbuds in and then that over so okay but you're basically depriving senses and distractions so you're depriving sight and outside hearing distraction right yes okay and i've only had one one experience with it, um, Mary and I and Bob and, well, the ops team investigated a place in Bremerton, and I got to be the person with the, all the gear on, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And so um, McKenna's asking the questions. And what I found was really interesting because I honestly didn't really expect to get a whole lot. And then the next thing I know, I've got three people talking to me through the, the, the ghost box, I finally had to tell them, um, McKenna, she's the one that's asking the questions. I finally had to tell her I have to stop because three people are trying to talk to me at the same time and I can't, I can't separate them. So I don't know if I'm answering your questions. And what she told me later on was a couple of the questions she asked. I did answer correctly, but there was two men and one lady trying to tell me stuff. So I have to, I mean, I was totally blown away by the experience and I can't wait to try it again. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so you were, you were the receiver in that instance yeah. there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's really interesting because the receiver, the person with the headphones and the blindfold you have no clue what's being asked. And then you're supposed to just, I, you know, say what, if you think you get a word or a sentence, you know, you just state it. So you don't even know when people are asking the questions, you know, what the timing is of the questions. And I think that's, that's really cool. And I want to, I'm interested to look into that one more. Anybody else out there um, listening, you know, you can comment on the Facebook stream at the Let's Talk Radio Facebook page or go to WLTKDB.com and jump on the uh, station chat. Anybody else out there use the SS method and, you know, have you had success or not? Um, I think it's a pretty cool experiment to, to set up and try. Um, and I look forward to trying it in the future. Um, what would you, so you've, you've done a lot of investigations over the years. Um, what, what's your best piece of evidence that you've captured? And can you just talk about it a little bit? Oh, (laughs) I would have to, yeah. I mean, uh, there's two, two I'll bring up. Um, one was at Walker Ames. I was upstairs uh, where the children play. Okay. And I don't know if you remember, but I had this little organite ball. And um, I'm not going to go into all the organite thing, but people make <laughs> stuff and call it organite because it's supposed to focus energy. 
Right. Anyway, I have this one that I had a lady make into a ball so that um, if the spirit would touch it, it would roll. So um, I was upstairs in Walker Ames, and I don't remember if we were asking questions, but I decided that I was going to also video uh, where the kids play at the same time. Sure. And so we didn't really see this after, you know, when, when this was happening, but when we reviewed the, um, the videos later on, there was actually a quick moment there when the ball rolled a little bit and then a shadow went across it. And so that one, I mean, I absolutely love that one. I mean, there, there's just no, there's no explanation wow. for what happened with it. So could you, yeah. uh, in that, in that been- yeah. So in that clip, could you see the floor? Like you saw the shadow touch the floor too. The shadow actually went kind of behind the ball oh, and that's- just lightly above, lightly above the ball. Wow. That's really cool. It, it, I'll have to show, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to show it to you. Wow. That's, and then that's neat. The other, the other one I, I think that just kind of still amazes me is, is the one at Manresa when I actually saw like the spirit lights going up the, the steps and we actually captured it on. And, yeah. And got the photo. I think that's awesome. Crazy stuff. So I, I love my, it. Yeah. Those are my two favorite. Love it. Yeah. It's, it, it's so fun hearing about different experiences and evidence evidence gathered during investigations it's i just love it um now i want to kind of we've got about half an hour left here on let's talk radio wltkdb.com this is the paranormal pete show with your host peter Abaya. special guest linda myers with the olympic peninsula paranormal society and linda i gotta say it's a fun conversation we're having here and i want we're gonna keep it going here <laughs> So there's something else that you practice as well, and you've you've taught it at conferences, um, and uh, everything going into place and willing. Hopefully, we'll have you at the Port Gamble Conference teaching uh, this year in person, and with pendulums, dowsing, um, you know, scrying. Um, tell us a little bit about your work with that. You know, how did you, how did you come across that and get started with pendulum work? Um, Ashley, a friend of mine named Teresa is the one that kind of showed me about the, the pendulum, but uh, I'll tell you what actually got me into doing it on a, well, not a daily basis. I don't do it daily, but I still do it. Um, I, I, the house that I used to live in had um, a lot of trees in the back. You had to mm-hmm. go down the yard a little bit, cross the little creek, and then it was still all freshy and treed. And it was someplace that I used to like to go and walk a little bit, you know, after work sometimes just to get that nature thing. Yeah. Well, when, one day I went out there and I had my car keys and house keys and everything in my pocket. And so I did my little walking around a bit. And then when I went back up to the house, I didn't have them. I had no keys to get in the house or whatever. So I'm thinking, what the heck, you know, what am I going to do? Well, I happen to have a uh, pendulum in my pocket. 
because I had been hanging out with my friend Teresa and we had been talking about him. I took the pendulum across the street into the woods and I did a grid pattern and I was penduling are the keys here. And, and um, if you know about pendulums, you use a, um, a yes or a no answer. And if it's an, I don't know, it's generally a circle. And um, that's sometimes different for other people. But anyway, so I'm in the grids and I'm going, are my keys here? And I'd get a yes or no. I found my keys by doing the pendulum grid in the brush underneath some stuff. So I thought to myself, you know what? This is really cool. This is something that works. And so a couple of other friends of mine actually used to use them to pendulum um, vitamins and stuff like that to see, is this something that's good for my body physically? And so when I started doing the paranormal investigation type stuff with my uh, son, I'm like, well, if it works for that kind of stuff, what would prevent it from working if you're doing an investigation, you know, maybe to locate a, mm-hmm. a hot spot or, uh, <clears throat> or a vortex or portal or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I got started um, using him in investigation after having that experience and having it work. Dowsing rods, kind of the same idea. They, <clears throat> excuse me, just a sec here. Yeah, no worries. I'll do the same. Dowsing <laughs> rods. Um, work on the same uh, principle. It's like that, you know, you pick up the energies and this is why I, <clears throat> I find it real important. Another reason I find it important to ground and stuff before I go into in the investigations, because the, the tools use the earth energy, you know, and we're kind of like my favorite um, word is the hollow bone. We're kind of like the hollow bone for the tools we use when we're using something natural, like the dowsing rods or, or the pendulums. Mm-hmm. And so I've actually started using them. Uh, I'll, I'll use them in rooms to see, like, is there something in here maybe that I want to spend a little more time in? And same thing with the dowsing rods. I'm, I'm not sure if you remember, but... Um, my son and I and you were in uh, Walker Ames and using the dowsing rods, and we were doing some, we're asking some questions about a fire that might have happened, and it was giving nice. us some real positive information about location, and uh, I, I don't know if we got an exact date, but um, so I like to teach it. Uh, I, I think it's a really fantastic tool because it's like, like I said, you're you're like the conduit too. Sure. So it's like a natural it's like a natural connection with maybe the spirit world and and the energies in the house and yeah. No, yeah, I I've had some, you know, interesting experiences with dowsing rods as well. Um and when I was with Team Ops, um it was always fun to watch Scott on the team use uh do the dowsing rods and um the history behind i mean well let me ask this when you if you use a dowsing rod are you using copper or do you use actually um wood and i think it's willow isn't it that's used i prefer yeah i prefer the copper ones i actually have um a wood willow one and I'm not that accurate with it. I think, uh, I, I just think some tools work better for some people. 
Yeah. I know there yeah. are people that can use the willow and they're just like, you know, and that's not me. I, I, I just prefer the copper one. Yeah. Yeah. And I've honestly, never... I, I, oh. I mean, all of them, I, I, I like the pendulum better. I, I love working with the pendulum. Yeah. It, so working with the pendulum now, one concern I've always had when I've, you know, I haven't, I guess, in a serious fashion, tried to use it for investigation or daily guidance, uh, you know, just asking questions. But um, as a kid, I would try it. And, you know, I, I always had, a, had trouble with, am I actually moving this? you know, when I'm holding it, am I actually moving it, you know, but I could get somehow I, I, you know, when I was a kid trying this, I could get thing, I could get it to swing one way and then start telling it to go. And then it would, you know, and then start going the other way. I could get it to spin whichever direction I wanted to. Um, But I was always, you know, am I actually moving this? I'm not sure. Is there, um, is there, in, you know, in some way we're moving it as well, but maybe we're moving it in the way that it's supposed to move, right? That, that's where I think intention comes in. I think when you're working with any kind of tool like that, so if it's your intent to, like, you know, go into a room and, and see my intention is, is there something in this room that I should stay and pay attention to. My intention, I think, is what allows it, what allows it to work the way it should. Yeah. Um, now, that's that's come. Go ahead. I was to say when you so when you do ask a question and you know you've got your intention. Um, what I've recommended, you know, to people on tours and stuff when we use, you know, when we've used dowsing rods is to ask like a double question. So do you do that with pendulums? So let's say you're trying to, um, you know, ask yes and no questions to establish who is there or, you know, uh, maybe you're contacting a spirit and you ask, you know, are you a man? And then you get a positive, a yes response. Do you also then ask, are you a woman to see if it gives the other answer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you should, because um, I think, yeah, I think if you try to, if if you work too hard at trying to make it, you're just going to like confuse yourself. So I think if you stick to (laughs) If you stick to the questions, like you said, the double question, then I think you begin to trust. That's another key thing, I think, too, with with working with these kind of tools is trusting that the place you're coming from when you ask for this information, you know, Mm -hmm. is is true and that, you know, um, honest, I, I I don't, I don't know how to explain how I feel about that because it's like I try to get real um, out of my own way to, to put it. Sure. In, 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 I, I try to get out of my own way so yeah. that when I'm using this tool and if I've been and I'm if I'm doing it someplace I've not been before, 
<coughs> sorry about the dry throat thing. That's um, okay. I think then that's when it's real important to do the double questions because I think if you don't, you can you can um, assume that you already know what's going on when you may not. I mean, I I don't know if you've had the experience with trickster spirits, but I have, and <clears throat> like found and determined that I knew exactly who this was and what was going on, and come to, come to find out. <laughs> that's not exactly what it was. <coughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I've had some experience with that. Um, you know, I I like asking double questions just for the validation of that it's it's not like a an environmental thing that is causing it to move a certain way. Uh, for example, um, I've got a dowsing fork. You know, so it's got the, it's like a U shape, you know, um, that you just hold with one hand, but it's got, you know, it's like an over under, over under shotgun, but it's, it's dowsing rod. right. And um, I like that because um, you can use both hands to steady yourself. And, and with the one, you know, the one set there. And then, um, you know, I always want to, I always try and angle them down a little bit, right? So that it has to work against gravity to move. But, um, you know, one night in the Walker Ames house, I was asked, you know, doing a round of, of questions and, and, you know, are you a man, you know, and I established, um, you know, what was my no answer? What was my yes answer? If the answer was going to be a no the the dowsing rods would move to my move to my left uh and if it was going to be a yes answer they would move to the right uh and my right and i would ask you know between each movement to please place them back at the center so we can start with a new question and in there this was on the second floor in that hallway at the top of the stairs where all that energy is all the time. <laughs> and so we had through the process of elimination had figured out that it was a boy, a young, a, you know, a young man spirit. And cause I had asked, are you a man? Got to know. Are you a woman? Got to know. Got a boy. Yes. Are you a girl? No. And just as an, as an example of what I would say, you know, on my tour or during a public investigation is if you're getting all the same answer <laughs> and you just, you don't ask those double questions and you just continue, Oh, I got a yes response. And you just keep going with, with more questions and you keep getting yes responses by not asking the double questions. You're, you're, you've set yourself up to go down to kind of, you know, an assumption r- road here and it might be something environmental that's affecting your dowsing rods or your pendulum. So, um, but that, and that, so that particular instance, we think we had figured out that it was a boy because that was the one yes response out of him and started asking him about what did he like. And we got a little bit less movement there. And again, if I was going to get a yes response, I wanted him to go to the right. And when I do my sessions, and I, and uh, I'll have you say afterwards too, 
if I'm using a dowsing rod, cause I haven't really done much with pendulums. Um, I like it to go. I, I ask if you want to give me a real answer for you to push it all the way over. I want it to touch my other side, whatever you, you know, so it's not just a little couple inches that it moves. I want to see it move all the way. And we, we weren't getting much response and it popped into my head. And here's the conduit part. The old dime store novels from the old West. And that just popped into my head. And so I said, did you like the, did you like books about Billy the kid and that dowsing rod? I mean, smacked my right arm. It went whap, you know, really fast and just nailed me in the arm. And it was, it was really cool. So <laughs> I think it's a really neat tool and it's something that goes back to 6,000 BC using pendulums or dowsing amazing history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in, in, uh, in the class that I teach too, there's uh, some cool tools you can do. Like if you're going to be going to an, an investigation and if you have like the footprint of the house, what I like mm-hmm. to do is like, I, I'll draw, say it's a one story, three bedroom, two bath, blah, blah, blah. So I'll sure. draw it out like that and I'll label them. And <clears throat> I'll take the pendulum and I'll pendle and say, is there anything here that maybe I want to focus on when I get there? And then I don't take the paper with me, but I'll make notes to see if I get the same thing when I go to the house. Right. So it's kind of a test. Which is, yeah. 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 Kind of, yeah. Kind of. A so test that, for that's that. kind yeah. of a good way to, to validate, you know, if you're, you know, if you're doing your, and then another thing like, when I'm showing somebody how to to um, to learn how to kind of you know validate or test their stuff, I'll you know the little <clears throat> red drink cups. Yeah, I'll take like four of those and I'll stick. I'll put something underneath one of them and then mix them up, and then I'll just have them really get quiet and use the, the pendulum to find it. <laughs> and so that's another good way to really pay attention to you know to. Uh, it's kind of getting used to your pendulum. That's another thing that I've noticed too. There like some pendulums will work better for you than others. And I don't know why that is. Um, Some stones resonate. Um, Like I even have one that's wood that really works well for nature type stuff. Um, Interesting. Yeah. uh, If, you know, if you can take a class on it, it, I think that's kind of like the way to go if you're new to it and you want to learn stuff and, you know, spend some time with somebody that's been doing it. Yeah. Well, we'll bring it to the. I think it's a a valuable tool. Yeah. Well, we'll bring it to the conference here. So anybody coming here this year uh, to Port Campbell for that one, uh, you can look for that. Yeah. well, that's interesting because I, w- I was going to ask you, can you make a pendulum out of anything or does it have to be, um, you know, something organic? Can you use like a, a heavy washer, you know, from a bolt? Um, you know, can you use that? Can you use anything? All, all the above. I've done <laughs> that just to see, you know, if, the, yeah, 
Because, I mean, the questioning mind has to know, you know, I, like I said, I have one that's wood. It's a, yeah. a cotton string and a piece of wood and it works. So it's like I it's like I told you, I feel like when you're using this tool, you're channeling whatever information mm-hmm. they want you to have. Now, for the so I, don't, I, I would I would suggest that like uh, for the Oregon Ghost Conference uh, mm-hmm. two years ago, we took a little bead and string and uh, we taught uh, several children, you know, how to use them. And that's all it was. It was a little, they, they were amazing, by the way. I, they, they blew my mind, but a yeah. little, a little bead and string and they had it working. It was crazy. It was crazy. Cool. Yeah. I think my little ones got one. I think there, <laughs> I think they got theirs. Um, uh, yeah. I think I th- yeah. Um, so are right. you, are you using um, the same material for the string part each time you mentioned a cotton string? Are you using that or do you use, ch- you know, chain or, you know, what does that matter? I'll, I'll do above again. I have some okay. that are cotton. <laughs> I have some that are, yeah, you know, it, I'm a real big person on intuition and I think like I, when, whenever we teach the class, I tell them, pay attention to how you feel with the material that you're using. If, if, if you're, you know, if you're drawn to the copper, you know, and, and uh, a particular crystal, use that. I usually, t- I take a, I've got a bunch of them. So I usually take a bunch so they can kind of, you know, feel them and touch them and stuff like that. But what I tell them to do Pay attention to how you feel when you pick up that particular pendulum, because mm-hmm. usually that's one that's going to work best for you. Like yeah, I have one that's got, I have one that has the seven chakra colors that I really like um, when I'm not really sure about the stuff I'm feeling, you know, because that okay. way I've got the energies of all of them. And then I have an amethyst one that I, I mean, I really love when I'm doing investigations for some reason resonates with me yeah it sounds like um you know learning about gemology and and you know reading some books on that may just at least give somebody who's looking to try it insight to oh yeah i relate with the traits of this one maybe i should start here with this one Mm -hmm. i relate with the traits of this one um i just uh, i think it's it's a it's an interesting tool to use and it's like literally i think the oldest <laughs> for that sort of thing and and you know throughout history it's been used for finding gold it's said that cleopatra would use her she carried dow- dowsers with her and she would uh use it to find gold um yeah water oil other minerals it's just it's it's one of those things that i think a lot of people dismiss as, you know, you know, woo woo fooey stuff. And, but if it goes back to like 6,000 BC, I mean, if something was that, if something was wrong and nothing to it, I think, you know, it would be gone <laughs> by, by now, you know, cause that's a, that's like 8,000 years, you know, <laughs> that it's been, you know, that stuff's been used and, and, and it's still, 
now it's being more and more used for the paranormal, but in the 1920s, people were using it for, um, you know, spirit communication and stuff like that. And on up to now. So it's just, it's a fascinating tool. And, you know, what's um, now you mentioned, you know, or, or I guess just say, what could somebody do to, I mean, what do you have to do to establish how you know it works? Do you just kind of set your own rules that it's going to rotate this way for a yes, or, you know, it goes north to south for no, or, you know, how do you kind of set that up initially? Well, when, when we're doing the class, generally, I give them a piece of paper that has a, a circle and then it has north, south, east, and west on it. And I just have them pointed in the middle. And then, you know, well, we do a, uh, we do a, a kind of like a grounding meditation in the class to get everybody, you know, kind of comfortable and stuff. So yeah. um, then we have them hold it over the center and then ask them, you know, tell, show me my yes, you know, show me my no. Oh, okay. And the, with that, yeah, the key with that is um, it's just like everything else. The more you practice a thing, the better you get at it. And mm-hmm. I think the more comfortable you are and the more you trust that it's working. That's so that's awesome. how I do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you want it to just, you know, work for you and what works for you and what your your energy and, you know, is telling your subconscious has you do. And I, so I think that's, Anybody out there listening, if you haven't tried it before um, or with dowsing rods, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. If you're especially in the, these times of quarantines and stuff and you're you're at home a lot, try it out. Get, you know, find something around the house, you know, that you can rig up to be a pendulum and see if it works for you. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to try it more. I like using the dowsing rods. Um, oh, and, and real quick, when you have used dowsing rods, have you ever noticed that when you feel like you're getting a response by the way they're moving and, and you almost feel a pull, right? Um, have you ever noticed when you think you're getting that, that the ends of the dowsing rods will flex up? Have you ever seen that? Isn't that cool? <laughs> And the other thing, and I can only speak for myself, um, sometimes my fingers will buzz. Oh. I'll get this kind of, you know, it, buzzing is the only, I, yeah, it's this feeling in the end of my fingers, like, okay, that, pay attention to that one. Yeah. I, I was going to say something, too. If, if somebody wants to, you know, just to try it out, if you know where your water lines are from your house, like um, to the street or whatever, mm-hmm. take your dowsing rods out and, you know, say, show me the water. And generally you can find your water lines pretty easily because there's enough water flow through them. Yeah. Does it, does it work if you say, show me the money? <laughs> ah, darn it. <laughs> show me the lotto ticket. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if you're uh, looking for gold, you know, or some other valuable yeah. mineral. But, uh, well, this is, Linda, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, and we got to half of the questions that I actually had written down. So I'm going to have to have you back <laughs> on the show <laughs> sometime. But I uh, really had a lot of fun talking about, you know, psychic experiences, kind of what got you into it. 
and you know there's some real deep thoughts there going on love it and uh so once again linda's on olympic peninsula paranormal society at a.com and you can go to their website uh look them up on facebook it's they're a great team and uh linda's a wealth of experience um in the paranormal field and so i'm honored to have you on tonight um so thank you Oh, well, thank you for having me on. I absolutely love hanging out with you. All right. <laughs> and we, we got to give uh, your son, Rob, a shout out. He's he's awesome. Rob, hope you're doing well, uh, man. Um, and then so uh, for next week, as we're at, with, geez, we've gone through two hours, Linda. We're at the end of the show. <laughs> um, so next week, I've got Nicole Strickland from the Afterlife Chronicles right here on Let's Talk Radio on Thursday nights. And so she'll be joining me next week. And then the week after, got Mary Bethune from the Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society as well. Looking forward to that. And um, booking March guests. And I will be announcing those as I get them booked. And I'm uh, getting into March closer to spring. Thank goodness. We all need a little bit of sunshine. But I'll leave the show tonight, uh, as I always do, with the past is history, the future's a mystery. But today's a gift because it's the present. And as Linda and I talked about tonight, you got to be in the now. You got to live in the now and be present. So hug everyone around you. Virtually hug everyone else. Be well. And we'll see you next week on the Paranormal Pete Show with my guest Nicole Strickland on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDB.com. Thanks, everybody.